Let us pray. Almighty and most gracious Father, bring forth Your Word in our hearts this day. Strengthen us and build us up. Pour Your Spirit into us. That Your Word would grow deep within. And as Your Word grows deep within us, we would then be changed more and more to reflect that glory that is in Your Son. That glory that He shares with us by taking on our humanity. And that glory that He shares with us by taking our sins from us and dying in our place and restoring us and renewing us and making us His own. So help us, O Lord. Help us to know Your Word. Help us to receive Your Word and help us to follow this Lord Jesus that You have given to us this day. We ask all of this through that very same Jesus Christ. Amen. What do you think when you hear of the patience of Job? I hope that you think of one who is confronted with all of life's struggles and yet persevered in the midst of them, ultimately seeking after God for his comfort and his strength. Job's story is, after all, one of great suffering. He lost everything, his wealth and his children, all in a single day, and yet he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the Lord. But then he lost his health. And after that, his own wife's support. All around him, people turned against him. And they said he should just simply curse God and die. Even when his friends came to be with him, they sat with him for a week to support him in his suffering. And they waited quietly. But then, they rose up as accusers. They accused him of harboring evil in his heart. And they told him that he needed repentance from his secret wrongdoings. And yet Job contradicted all of this, saying that he had nothing he had not confessed, that he was clean before God, that he wanted to speak to God about this maltreatment. And throughout that story, Job struggled with the reality that God is in control. And yet, terrible things were being brought down upon him. At the end, his eventual meeting with God was one of God asking him questions about the very nature of reality about how all things work together. And in that moment, Job is left speechless. He could only say that he must repent now in ashes and sackcloth, presuming that he could understand the ways of God. But nevertheless, in all of that, Job was persevering with patience, seeking after God, seeking God's presence in the midst of all of that suffering. More and more he came to understand that God was fully in control of all things, even though all things for him had gone wrong. It's a story that we can all relate to in one way or another. We don't always understand the way things are. We don't always understand how they come to be, and yet we patiently endure the hardships that come with living in this fallen world. We hear about that patience and throughout all the readings this day, that that patience that we endure, that we express, 
that we walk with flows out of the reality of who we know God to be, that He is a God who extends mercy and compassion, that He is a God who extends patience to this fallen world. And with regard to those hardships, part of that answer is found that we do live just simply that, in a fallen world. We shouldn't be surprised when things don't go the way we were expecting. We're all sinners and thus we all do that which contributes to the brokenness of the world. We contribute to the fallen world, to things not going as they should in one way or another. Of course, I'm not saying that every hardship is directly related and attributable to our own personal failings. But I'm just simply saying that we shouldn't be surprised when things don't work, when hardships come, despite our following. We're not in control of others just as others are not in control of us. As one of my seminary professors once said, don't act surprised when justified sinners act like sinners. So we're called to patience in waiting on God. That He will make all things right in the end. That God has promised to do that very thing. That all will be fixed. That all will be healed. That all sin will be overcome utterly. And that the brokenness will be healed. And that all tears will be wiped away. And yet, in the meantime, we are called to that patience. We are called to endurance, to perseverance, to waiting on Him to do His work. And we do that by doing the work He has given us. Faithfully following His commands and faithfully turning from those works of our own doings that are against His commands. And so we live in a place of perseverance and patience. And thus we cultivate a patience not unlike Job in our daily lives, waiting on that consummation of all things when Jesus Jesus returns. And so we hear that today in our Gospel reading especially. We hear the need of waiting with patience because there are weeds, there are tares that have been sown into the field. And so we are called to wait patiently on God's kingdom to fully reveal itself. We're called to be patient with the ways of the world and even to be patient, patient with ourselves in the midst of this world. And so we move to that, from the greater aspect of this lesson to the lesser as we consider this parable today. At first we begin with patience in God's kingdom being revealed. We've all heard this parable over and over throughout our lives, I'm sure. Jesus loves to speak in these kinds of parables. Like it says there in verses 34 that Jesus spoke to the crowd in parables in order to fulfill the prophecies, in order to, prefer, in order to fulfill what was in the Psalms itself, that I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. That mysteriously these parables, as they force us to look to God, as they force us to cry out to God, They help us to understand the world better because they make us turn to God. They make us question God. They make us ask God to reveal the truth and the reality of these words just as the apostles go on to do. They ask Him, explain these things to us. Even they who are in His presence continually, who have been given a portion of His Spirit to do the work He is doing. Even they struggle to understand what God is revealing through these parables, what Jesus is making known. And so he explains this parable of the weeds. 
He tells him that that kingdom, that the kingdom is like a man going out into the field. And that he sows it. And that ultimately, that man is the son of man. He is Jesus himself sowing the good seed, planting the good seed. And we ultimately see that God's kingdom is first and foremost watched over by the Son of God Himself. That is watched over by Jesus who ultimately sows the good seed that will grow into wheat. And then Jesus reveals to His disciples that that good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The ones who have been bought by Him through His death and His resurrection. The ones that are to grow into Him. He plants those in this field. He plants the good wheat. It's by His work that this wheat exists. It is by His work that this good seed will grow into that wheat and be harvested in the end. That will be taken into the barn of the new creation. And so, the Son of Man is the sower. And that good seed, He says, are the sons of the kingdom. But then He reveals that the enemy of the sower is the one who comes in and is the devil. He sneaks in while the workers slumber. And he plants his own seed that grows up as tares and weeds that looks so much like wheat until the time of fruit bearing. And so the devil slips in and he plants his own seed amongst the good seed. And ultimately those tares are what Jesus calls the sons of the evil one, the ones that the sower hasn't planted but have been placed in the field to rival the good seed. These sons of the evil one look so much like the sons of the kingdom that the workers in the field don't even notice them until they've grown and matured amongst the wheat. It's when that time of the grain, the ears being shown, begins that the weeds begin to be seen for what they are. Weeds amongst the wheat and the workers get confused and they ask the farmer what to do. They want to go out and uproot the tares. They want to remove the, the weeds right away from the wheat. But the farmer being the wisest of them all, he says to wait. If you go out and begin gathering now, you may destroy the wheat. You may uproot the good seed. You may uproot that which is growing right now. That which will produce a harvest. And thus damage the harvest before the end. In all of this we hear of the need to be patient. Right then the farmer, the master says, be patient. Let it all grow until the end. Care for the field. And watch over it. But consider that in Jesus' explanation, He never explains who the workers are. They're the ones who wait and take care of both wheat and weed in the field. If they get, try to get rid of that weed right away, it will damage the harvest that is coming. Because these tares are ones that will intertwine with the roots of the wheat as they grow. And if you've ever gardened, you've seen that happen before. You've seen weeds growing too close to the plants that you want. And when you try to pull them out, you start to uproot your own plants. And so you have to step back and let that weed grow. And let your good plant grow. And care for the good plant as best you can, despite the weed being there. And that's where we are this day. We are in the midst of the sons of the kingdom growing alongside the evil ones growing alongside the sons of the evil one. In so many ways, we all look alike. But at their cores, the sons of the evil one are different from the sons of the kingdom. 
But if we acted right now to try to get rid of all the weeds, we would uproot and bring disruption to this kingdom, to the good ones that are growing, to the sons who are maturing and bearing fruit right now. And so we wait patiently in the kingdom. We wait for the kingdom to be revealed more and more. And that will be at the time of the coming of the Son of Man. And notice that He doesn't give it to the workers to go out and reap the fields. He gives it to His angels. The reapers come in and they work the field because they understand the field. They can remove the tares without damaging the wheat. The ordinary workers are not equipped with that knowledge or that understanding. They can care for that field leading up to the harvest, but they are not the ones who harvest it. The reapers will come and lift out the plants properly. And then they will separate the weeds from the wheat in the end. When all things are fulfilled, when the harvest has come, when everything is ripe and ready. And so those workers must wait until the field is ready. They must wait until all the wheat has matured and reached the point of harvest. And likewise, we wait with patience as God reveals more and more of His kingdom. The longer it goes, the more we get to see the fruit of the sons of the kingdom coming out. If the workers had their way, they might destroy that which is wheat and their zeal to remove that which is weeds because they bear such a resemblance to each other. As I just mentioned a moment ago, the workers aren't explained. Jesus doesn't give a connection to them. Everything else in the parable points to something greater, except for the workers. You know who the sower is. You know what the good seed is. You know who the enemy is. You know who the bad seed is. You know that the reapers are explained, but yet the workers remain anonymous. They are just there at the side. What's amazing is I never noticed that before. I never really noticed that the workers aren't explained. One commentator, Chad Bird, he pointed that out while explaining aspects of this text, that the workers are not talked about by Jesus. And he pointed out that in many ways that might be because the workers are us. We're the ones who are so anxious to root out the weeds before the time has come. We're so ready to jump the gun and not wait on God's timing. We see the tares in the field. We see the weeds growing up and we just want to go out and rip them out before they grow anymore. But what we don't realize is if we rip out those tares so quickly, those weeds so quickly, we may damage the wheat that we are called to cultivate. We'll uproot the wheat. And on top of that, we just don't simply have the proper eyes or the knowledge to fully tell one from the other all the time. It is only at the final harvest, at the end, when the tares will be fully apparent. When all of the wheat has reached full maturity, then those weeds will be absolutely apparent. Like I said, it's not the workers who go out. It is the reapers, the angels who will remove the tares. Because they have been given the insight. They have been given the knowledge. They have been given the understanding necessary to do this task of the harvest. They come out with the Son of Man to remove the weeds, to purify the kingdom, and to bring in the harvest. And that is why the workers must wait. They must be patient. They must endure and not rip out the weeds and the tares. They must cultivate that field and not worry about the wheat 
so much as it grows amongst the weeds, knowing that their care for the field will mean that that wheat will grow as it needs to. And so that leads us to that second aspect that I want us to consider today. That we must have patience with the ways of the world. As we go out into this world, as we work in this world, as we walk through this world, we are called to have patience and endurance in the midst of a world full of weeds. A world that is, in many ways, subtly against us. Because that world is broken. That world is full of thorns and thistles and struggles and strivings and hardships. For after all, what did we hear in St. Paul's letter today? Creation waits with eager longing, longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation itself groans under the curse. Creation itself struggles and looks in hope toward that one who will reveal the sons of God. And so creation itself is waiting patiently as God exercised patience and forbearance toward this world to bring forth all of the wheat, not just some of the wheat, but all of it. For He knows what the wheat is and what the tares are. But between now and the end, He is revealing more and more of the wheat to us. He is calling forth more and more wheat out of the ground. And sometimes He even converts those tares into wheat because He understands the true nature of all things and He has the power to work. And so He exercises compassion and mercy. Just as we heard in our prayer today, His chief power is known in His showing of mercy and pity. That He seeks to show mercy and pity toward this world and in doing so, He calls forth His children out of it. He brings forth children out of it. He renews and enlivens hearts and minds to come after Him. And so as He shows forbearance and patience toward this world, we too must show that same kind of patience and forbearance, that despite the struggles and the sufferings that this world brings upon us, we exercise patience because we don't know all the things that we need to know. We are limited in our sight, in our understanding, just as those workers are. They aren't trained to separate wheat from weed properly before the end. They can only watch it grow up together. And then they will watch others come in and separate it for them. And so they wait with patience and care for that field. They care for the wheat. And they protect the wheat as best they can. And so they exercise patience with the brokenness of that field. Just as we are called to exercise patience with the brokenness of the world and the struggles in this world. As we work to do that which God has called us to do already. To walk in faithfulness before Him. To endure before Him. To run toward His promises and become partakers of His heavenly treasure. Because God is showing mercy and pity and patience toward all things. Likewise, we show patience in this world. But as we continue to show patience toward the world, it brings out one last point. That we show patience toward even ourselves. Again, St. Paul says, but if we have hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We have been given the promises of God that He will fix all things. He will bring all things together in the end and bring healing and renewal to all of creation. We don't see that happening right now. We might see little glimpses of it in lives of people around us, but we don't see the overarching plan of God being worked out. And so we are called to wait patiently in this world. 
to wait patiently with ourselves. For after all, we look to a God of mercy and pity and we ask that He would give us strength to run toward His promises. Now, if we were perfect in ourselves to begin with, would we need to ask for patience with ourselves? Would we need to ask for strength to keep following Jesus? We would have to call out to God. We have to have patience even with ourselves as we are trying to grow as wheat. As we are knowing that God is at work in us, we must be reminded continually of what Martin Luther said, that we are both saint and sinner. That we are simultaneously justified before God and yet we are still sinners in our behavior and our actions. In many ways, as Charles Erlandson said, wheat and terror grows up alongside itself even in us. As we look at that field and we see wheat and tares growing alongside each other, we look at our own hearts and we see that there is goodness, but yet there is brokenness. In many ways, we are both that wheat and that tare at the same time until the end when God finally strips away all of the weeds and the tares from us. That we are wrestling and fighting against that which is broken inside. Because we have been made into saints, we have been given healing inwardly. And that healing is working itself out day by day as we wrestle and fight and strive against that sinner within. As we work against the weeds that are sapping our strength, that are drawing up nutrients from the ground. We are called to look and be patient and hope toward what God is doing in us and for us and through us. And so as we see the influence of the world upon us, as we see the influence of the weeds within us, that sinful nature growing in us, we know also that God is at work in us. For He has planted His life deep within. He has united us to Christ Himself. So that as we grow, we will be strengthened as we look to Him, as we walk with Him, as we draw near to Him. For when did that enemy come and sow his seed in the field. It was while the workers were sleeping, while they were not keeping watch, while they were resting. Likewise for us, in so many ways, it's when we become spiritually asleep that the enemy comes and attacks us. When we take our eyes off of the cross, the enemy will begin his work upon us. He'll start enticing that sinful nature to turn us away from the calling of God in our lives. And the way that we stay spiritually awake is through prayer, through Scripture, through remembering God's sacraments applied to us, that in baptism He unites us to the body of Christ, that we have been made one with Christ, that His Spirit has been given to us to change us and to draw us into that forgiveness of sins, to draw us away from that old nature more and more, that we look back to that baptism and know that God is at work in us because He has promised to be at work in us. And as we come forward in faith and repentance to receive the body and blood of Christ in the sacrament, in the Lord's Supper, we are renewed and refreshed as we come in faith, as we come trusting that God will work in us more and more. And that drives us to prayer, to reading the Bible, to learning more about our faith. And thus drives more and more the patience that we must have with ourselves to know that we are both saint and sinner, to know that we are both broken and healed, and that we are walking on this path toward Jesus, that we are called to be awake 
with patience. To watch over this field that God has placed before us. To watch the kingdom being revealed more and more around us and in us. And to know that God is at work, that we don't have the eyes to see what is properly wheat and what is properly weeds at all times. But we know that God is at work through us. Now He is at work in His field. Now He is using us to work that field to cultivate it. To bring, help bring forth those sons of the kingdom more and more. And to trust Him to separate it all at the end. Now we leave it in His hands, ultimately. But nonetheless, we go out and cultivate. We go out and work the wheat. We go out and strengthen the wheat. And in that we find strength for ourselves. We find that we are built up with greater patience as we see the kingdom growing, as we see the kingdom maturing, as we see the kingdom revealed more and more. And thus we come to be patient more and more with the world around us, knowing that God is at work, that He is bringing the right healing in the right places at the right times. And knowing that He is doing that in the world around us, we can trust that He is at work in us ourselves. And so we can walk this path wrestling against sin, wrestling against that old man within, knowing that God has strengthened and brought healing to us and that He will cut off that old man in the end. And when Christ returns, all things will be made new once more. And thus, we can find our rest in the work of the the Master. We can find rest in the work that He will accomplish by sending out His reapers to separate the wheat from the weeds. And that He will bring the healing that this world needs, that the kingdom needs, and that we need. And so we bear with patience and forbearance, as Job did, enduring and persevering and looking for God's presence in our midst, knowing that His presence is what matters at the end. His presence drawing us to Himself will give us that patience more and more to endure. Because He is a patient God who endures with us. He is a patient God who brings His healing into this world over and over. And He has revealed that patience through Christ Himself who deals with sin at the cross, who has dealt with all that makes us weeds, that we can turn and be changed and renewed by Him always. So may we have patience in this world walking alongside this God who has shown such great patience for us and find healing more and more in the patience of God towards us as it becomes patience in us towards those near us and toward the world around us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.